Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is our 43rd episode, and we will be talking about episode 12 of Steven Universe, Giant Woman. Just like its name, this is a big one, so I'm happy <laughs> to talk about it. I'm GC13. And I'm Ken. So, yep, this is a big one, and the gang isn't all here. How do you feel about that, Ken? Have they expressed, like, particular opinions about this episode? I'm sure everyone loves it. Everybody absolutely loves the episode, and if they don't love it, they're lying to us or themselves. Maybe it's for the best that they're not here. Just on the off chance that they wouldn't have liked it, then we would have had civil war on this podcast, so better safe than sorry. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but this is widely regarded as one of the fan favorites. I mean, you have to get up to The Return and Jailbreak or Mirror Gem and Ocean Gem to find episodes that people think of as highly as Giant Woman, I think. Yeah, this is definitely one of the better ones. I think when we were recording for... Tiger Millionaire, I think I said that that was the episode that really, really sold me on the show. And while that's true, this is the one that even just to get to the next level. This episode is definitely the one that I was like, okay, this show really has so much more potential than the high amount of potential I already thought it had. This is so good. Oh, yeah. Opal, pure boss. Right, for sure. I don't even... We've seen many fusions since Opal, and she is still my favorite after all this time. Yeah, I'd agree with that, too. All the other ones look just a little bit too strange for my taste. Other than Garnet, I guess, obviously, Opal definitely has the best design. I mean, I understand that they have to be free to make the make the fusions kind of match the subject's personalities, and I think Sugalite does that very well. I think Malachite also captures the toxic relationship between Jasper and Lapis very well, but like when I'm looking at Rainbow Quartz or Sardonyx... I'm I'm just not feeling it as much, and I kind of wish they had stuck to the majestic, ethereal kind of tone that Opal had. Right. I actually don't even have anything to add to that comment. That pretty much spot on hit exactly how I feel. I will say this, though. Alexandrite, we may not have seen her at her best, because she seems to be a warrior through and through, but I do kind of like the way Alexandrite looks. I mean, maybe she could go a bit more mystical. She seems like a very practical, almost futuristic kind of character design, but Alexandrite's pretty good, I think. I really like the episode that she was introduced in, even though everyone hates that episode, but I still can't say I'm a fan of that character design. I will say, though, that Connie, not Connie. Stevani, yeah. Stevani, right, right. That was a really good one. Forgot about that. I don't I don't know if I can even really count Stevani as a quote-unquote proper fusion, since she's only half-gem. Sure. But... I mean, Stevani is pretty awesome. Even if I do think that they kind of skewed a little bit feminine on Stevani's appearance, because you notice whenever they're talking about Stevani, they always go to very great lengths to avoid attributing a pronoun to Stevani, or if they have to, they might drop a they. Right. Stevani does look a bit girly to be to go to that length. Stefani looks 100% girly, like I've gotten into many an argument about this, but Stefani is nothing but feminine. She has hips, she has breasts, she has long flowing hair. Stefani's feminine. I think the intent is clear even within the episode, but I don't think they hit the androgynous notes that they wanted. I don't even think they were trying to hit them, at least in the the design stage, when they actually were implementing the episode. Like you said, it is very clear that that's what they're going for in terms of writing. Yeah, it's clear that she's meant to be understood as androgynous, but she just doesn't look it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, talking back about the Alexandrite, I don't think we've seen her at her best, and I think you might like her a little bit more if I get my wish... And we get to see Alexandrite throw down with Malachite later in the season. Oh, you think so? That would be exciting. That's what I'm hoping to see. 
you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking they're going to fight. I think Malachite's going to overpower her and then split apart when she goes to mess with Steven, because Lapis is going to want none of that, and Jasper's going to be all about that. Possibly. That's my prediction, anyway. That's what I think the easiest thing for them to do is. We know they don't always like to go the easy way. They they might have something else up their sleeve. They're, they're pretty good about that, keeping us guessing, but that's my guess. It'd be good. I'd be satisfied with that. But yeah, that opal, though. I guess with Giant Woman, though, I want to start at the beginning, because I always, well, not at the beginning, close to the beginning. We'll get back to the beginning later. I just always loved the whole, oh, did you bring me anything? A rock! Oh, yeah. That was a really small joke. They paid, like, no attention to it, but it was funny. I chuckled. I, I thought that was very good characterization for Steven. And again, earlier in the series, this was showing Garnet's loving maternal side to Steven, kind of kind of like they were showing in the flashback in Serious Steven, although she showed it throughout the whole episode, but she was at her warmest in the flashback. But now, with future vision... We like it's not just she knows Stephen is going to want her to bring him back something. She knows Stephen is going to want her to bring him back something from this particular mission because she's seen it. Huh. I didn't even consider to interpret it in that way. Yeah. My thought, which I mean, I didn't put that much thought into it, but I just assumed that she was just carrying a rock because she went to a rocky place, and uh, then she just threw it to Stephen since she asked, since he asked for something. Yeah, I, that's that's never how I thought about it. That that she was just carrying that. I always thought she took it for Stephen, but when I was rewatching it today in light of future vision, I'm like, she knew that Stephen was going to ask him ask her for something, and so she brought it for him. Yeah, it's entirely possible. But uh, Opal is definitely a ultra-powerful Stone Cold Betty, though. That was a good line. I like that. I thought it was interesting. I know that we have some indication that gems can control different elements, but Pearl displays some, like, stand control early on when she is making the little figurines do the dance. I thought that was cool. Yep, and that's that's what I always bring up whenever people point out that, oh, Lapis has this unique water you know, control magic, and I'm like, we, we don't necessarily know it's just water, because we've seen we've seen Pearl do the sand before. I mean, she's not nearly as magically powerful as Lapis. I'm not saying she has powers comparable to Lapis. I'm just saying Pearl could probably control water, too, so Lapis might be able to control sand, too. Actually, it's not even a guess that Pearl control water, can control water, and sworn to the sword, she controlled the fog. Right, I was going to mention that. You know, with the with the sand little sand statue, though, a lot of people have liked to point out how Opal only has two arms in that. Now, this could just be an error, either on Pearl's part simplifying the statue or the, or the figure, or it could mean something else. What do you think about that? I think it was probably just an error. You know that I'm reluctant to read too much significance into things such as that, but, I mean, tell me what you think. I assume you disagree. I, I wouldn't say I disagree, but people have brought up the possibility, because they, they point out that Garnet and Stevani only have the two arms. Those are two times where the fusion components are very much in sync with each other. Then you have Opal and Sardonyx with the forearms, and then you have Malachite and Alexandrite go crazy. You know, basically, the more in sync that the two gems are, the more human their body parts are. Right. And we know that at the beginning of this, they've been talking about how they form Opal as much because they've grown apart. And I'm just wondering, did Opal used to only have two arms back when they were more in sync with each other? That's an interesting possibility. So basically, the question is, does the fusion change based on the level of 
compatibility the gems have at that moment, depending on how in sync they are. Uh, again, I don't really have anything to go on. My intuition is to say no. I think it'd be the same fusion no matter what. Didn't we have confirmation from one of the show writers not that long ago? I think it was Matt Burnett because he's often tend to come from him. But they said that if the fusions were formed under different circumstances, like if Ruby were to fuse with Pearl and then they were to fuse with Sapphire, that we'd still get Sardonyx or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it was either him or Ian, because they're the Mr. Burnett and Mr. Jones Cordy are the two who were chattiest on Twitter, but I do remember them talking about that, how it doesn't matter how they chain up to a given given gem, it's still gonna be the same person. Right. So that's not like directly related to what you're saying, but it's kind of indirectly. And so if I were to use that as a guide, then I'd be inclined to say that no, it doesn't really matter. But we know that appearances can change because when she formed to when she formed in the return, Opal had her sash. So their appearances are not set in stone. Right. That's a good point, but that's a little bit something more superficial than yeah, like I know. actual appendages. I mean, yeah, having having more arms is kind of a big deal, but I brought it up because, you know, we were talking about after the week of Sardonyx that they seem to be building up to us seeing more opal in the future. You know, Amethyst and Pearl can't rely on Garnet to feel, you know, powerful and special. They need each other for that. And They've both grown, you know, Amethyst by getting past her issues and Pearl by starting to understand that she has them. So, you know, hopefully we'll be seeing more Opal in the future. Hopefully that would necessitate their relationship strengthening. Well, I agree with you that I do also hope that we see more Opal in the future. I'm a bit hesitant to take that interpretation. I don't think that what they're trying to do by saying that Pearl and Amethyst can't rely on Garnet to feel powerful is to say that they need to rely on each other. Uh, At least I hope they're just trying to say that they need to find strength from themselves, find like internal strength. Maybe. Just let's cross our fingers for Opal is what I'm saying, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm just saying let's, let's not all lose our minds if Opal has two arms again in the future. I would not complain. Ooh, Steven Jr. though. He is no son of Steven's, is he? I don't know. Steven was willing to adopt him. I like Steven Jr. They mentioned that they only fuse for deadly situations, but up until this point, they'd been in plenty of deadly situations with, like, no mention of fusion. Obviously, that's just because of the writing, but it'd be interesting to see some type of in-universe explanation. Yeah, they they have a lot of times where they could have... It could have been really helpful for them to fuse, but they don't. Yeah. I, I think for I think for Amethyst and Pearl, it's really hard. I mean, Steven literally had to be in the bird's belly for them to be able to pull it off. And and meanwhile, Garnet's all Garnet's a fusion all the time, so they, she can't really escalate that easily. The scene where they're trying to dance and they fail at the fusion, but that scene took me so aback the first time I saw it. I loved it so much. The little like uh, drum beat that drops when Amethyst starts doing her little break dance thing in contrast yeah. to Pearl's like more <laughs> kind of, I guess, fancy music for lack of a better, ter- better yeah. term. I really enjoyed that. The first time I saw it, I had to pause and rewatch that like 10 times over. It's probably my most rewatched scene in the series just because I rewatched it the first time so many times this episode. And that scene in particular really sold me on the show uh, probably more so than anything else up until this point and cannot describe how much I love that song. I think it's called Amalgation. I think it's just called Amalgam. I mean, it's it's one of the two, but it's, it's the fusion song. But it is thanks to that scene that I know I have a few, I have a small part of my brain dedicated to knowing that there is a dance out there called the Stanky Leg. 
Oh yeah, you should have known about that anyway. Oh, oh yeah, that's that that was such a important piece of knowledge that I was missing, and I can only thank Steven Universe for connecting me with that. That's in a, a really popular song right now. Now watch me whip, and now watch me nene, and they mention the stanky leg. It's like twenty seconds of that song is dedicated to the stanky leg. Okay, so you're filling in for Dakota, is what I just heard you say there. Oh, uh, because of my pop culture music knowledge. Yes. Hey, well, I'm happy to do it. So. They form Opal, and of course, what what happens next is, is probably the best minute or two of Steven Universe that they had for a long time. I mean, I think it takes up until the mirror match for them to get something as awesome. When she shoots the arrow? The, just the, the whole Opal sequence, once, once she rescues Steven and Steven Jr. I think it's good. I wouldn't say that until the point that she shoots the arrow, I wasn't like super duper impressed. But when she shoots the arrow, that's not only incredibly cool, but it is absolutely gorgeous. It looks so pretty. Yeah, bubbles all of those gem shards, yeah. I guess. The art direction in the show, sometimes in particular, it is just like breathtaking. Yeah, the Sky Spire is just beautiful. Although I, I always wonder who made the Sky Spire. I mean, it, it has to have been the humans, since if the Heaven Beetle, if the Heaven Beetle is a corrupted gem, and the Sky Spire was made specifically for the Heaven Beetle, because you can see it has like by the little cairns at the start of the path, it has a picture of the Heaven Beetle. It's like Heaven Beetle this way. Just, would humans have made it? Did they worship the thing for some reason? We see in the mouth or stomach of the bird that it has, like, tens of human skeletons just sitting there. So, assuming that it just stays in that area, then I guess we have reason to believe that it was created by the humans, other than what you said, sure. Yeah, it's quite the interesting bird monster. I mean, I can't picture Amethyst and Pearl ever having a chance of beating it on their own, do you? Uh, I guess not. And then Opal just tears it apart. Yeah, it was pretty effortless. What do you think the little gem shards were after it's destroyed? It doesn't seem like they were actually gems because they didn't make any attempt to like bubble them. No, they they did they did get bubbled by the by Opal's arrow. It automatically oh, those were it bubbles. automatically bubbled all of them. Yeah, you can hear the sound effect and you can kind of see it. And I think one of the boarders, you know, JJ or JL, you know, said that yeah, those were all bubbled. Okay, well, that's a detail. I have never noticed, no matter how many times I've seen this episode. That's crazy. Yeah, next time you watch the scene, listen for it, and you can hear the bubble sound effect. So it's clear that they intended that. It's just, it's kind of off in the distance. It, it might be, it's kind of easy to miss. That's a really, really cool detail. I'm impressed. Guess, I guess they're gems. I, I don't understand how they fused like that. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's just a giant fusion, which is something I really wanted to see out of the show, like a fusion of like 30, 40, 50 gems, and apparently that came extremely early, and I didn't even notice it. Maybe, maybe this is a preview for what happens when a bunch of the same gem fuse together, because that's something that a lot of people wonder, because we assume with fairly good evidence that there are probably a lot of each given gem variety running around, and right. do we get... Did we just get a bigger version of the same thing? It seems to be the easiest explanation. You look, yeah, that bird is basically a bigger, more fully realized version of what those little shards project. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, I, I don't know what you would get if you fused two Jaspers together except for a bigger Jasper. It wouldn't make sense to get anything else. I'm just saying. Or I guess two Amethysts together if what people are assuming about the Strawberry Battlefield is correct. Right. Well, that would be more than two amethysts. That was a big fusion that wielded that axe. Could have just been really strong. Garnet was able to wield it, so. Yeah, I mean, she can carry it, but it's a, it's a one-handed axe. 
Oh, oh, touche. You see how big around it is? That's, that's meant for a really large hand. Yeah. I mean, you saw how much trouble she had maneuvering it when she needed it. She couldn't even see trying to get it into the door. She couldn't even see the door. Yeah, I, it's, you know what's really just a weird thing that I always think about this episode every time I watch it? They really missed an opportunity to have Steven take his ukulele with him again. It features so prominently in the song. How could you not have him have his uke? I don't know. I don't really need to see Steven playing the uke. It is a missed opportunity, but it's not an opportunity that I'm like sad to see them not have taken care of or taken advantage oh, of. I, I, am, I am so broken up about it. I'm literally in tears right now. There are plenty of things to cry about in Steven Universe, but I think you found one of the few areas in which it's just inappropriate. Cry because I dropped my ice cream on the ground. (laughs) This may not even be worth talking about, but I do think it's interesting how Steven identifies Opal before seeing Opal as a giant woman. Do Amethyst or Pearl use that term, woman? Um, well... Amethyst refers to Opal as a stone-cold Betty and talks about what she is like. So, I mean, it's reasonable for him to assume that she's a woman. Right. No, I know that clearly she was going to be feminine. I just don't know if the word woman had been used for gems before. I would, like, if it wasn't for that scene, I probably would have thought that the word woman would have been inaccurate, you know? Well, I mean, Stephen may have been raised close to the gems, but he was still raised in human society. He sees, looks like a woman, gonna use the term woman. I mean, it seems to fit. I, I don't think they, they really object. Yeah, they clearly weren't bothered by it. Plus, Rose has played the uh, paramour, I guess, role many times in history, apparently. So, I mean, I, I think they've kind of gotten used to it. Right, right. But you know what? It's the little details in the epi- in this episode that are so good. I love it. I love Garnet's reaction, and all I had to do was get eaten by a bird. Nice work. Garnet just casually swimming in lava is a uh, quite impressive Garnet. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess she's getting her ruby on. We know where she gets it from now. Oh yeah, you're right. Now uh, you have to be pretty physically strong to uh, to swim through lava because I don't know if you've ever tried to swim through lava before, but it's pretty. <laughs> of course, I have. It's pretty viscous. I mean, for any of our listeners who have not attempted to swim through lava, I can just say that lava is rather viscous. It's like corn syrup compared to corn syrup. It's like a your mama joke except for a so viscous joke. Lava is so viscous. Yeah, your lava's so viscous, even corn syrup think it thick. <laughs> Fantastic. So, what did the ratings look like? This episode first aired on February 24th, 2014. It had 1.893 million viewers. Not that long ago. I mean, can you imagine? This is the episode that started it all. The Is Garnet a Fusion question. Oh, yeah. I was still watching week to week at this point, but I still was not involved in, like, fan communities or anything, so I wasn't aware of any of that until pretty late in the game. Yeah, I was, I was only, I, I was starting, I was starting my dive into the subreddit at that point, you know, reading a lot, not participating so much. I'm pretty sure I chimed in on the discussion thread, but I haven't checked to see if I did. People talked about, oh, hey, you know, two gems fusing together and they become the same color, but they retain their cut. That's that's kind of lo- looks like what happened to Garden. That sold me. I mean, I took spent 30 seconds thinking about it, maybe, maybe 15 seconds. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. She's probably a fusion. <laughs> and, you know, then you, then you had people defending to the death that, oh, she, she's not a fusion. She's just something else completely different. Yeah, at some point it became pretty obvious. Yeah, and I mean, I, I there was I was thinking about making a post 
before the first Stephen bomb of, you know, this is why it's obvious Garnet is a fusion, but I didn't actually do it before Jailbreak came out, and I'm like, well, gee, now I can't do it, because, duh. Oh, well. Speaking of your post, though, the second-to-last one, I think, the one on the ratings was particularly good. Everyone should go to the website and check that out. Ah, yeah, the never worry about Steven. Steven is gonna be alright, because we do pretty good on the ratings, and the internet is wild about Steven ever since about March 2015. It's been crazy. I mean... I mean, even this month, we supplanted Adventure Time for most popular Cartoon Network cartoon on the Google searches. Nice. And I mean, you know, I, I, I hate to see bad things happen to Adventure Time, but I mean, it couldn't happen to a better show as far as I'm concerned. You know, Steven Universe picking up the number one slot. Yeah, I'd say pretty easily, as much as I like a lot of those other shows, particularly Adventure Time and Regular Show, I'd say Steven Universe is the best show they've got on air. Probably one of the best shows on television right now. We Bear Bears is a new show that started to air. I've only seen a couple episodes of that, but uh, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's got Bobby Moynihan doing voice work and is still doing the theme. I, I still need to watch it, but I do want to. Also, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu could not want to see that. I'd recommend it. One interesting fact about that graph of the search interest, I didn't include it on the graph because you can only include so many on the graph and it wasn't a Cartoon Network show, but it, Steven Universe is a more popular search than My Little Pony is. Oh, really? Yeah, I was surprised by that, considering how My Little Pony is very famous for having a strong net presence, and Adventure Time and Steven Universe are stronger. My Little Pony blew up the world for a period of time there, but yeah, it's kind of fallen off in recent years. I was never into it, so I don't understand. I didn't spend too much time on the My Little Pony graph. I don't think it's fallen off that far. I mean, maybe it's half of what it was at its peak or something, but it's it's so? still going yeah. fairly strong, you know, to the point where... If something ha has more internet presence than it, that's a pretty significant statement. Legit. Legit. Also, this episode was written by Joe Johnston and Jeff Liu, who also storyboarded it. Yeah, very, very consistently good team. And, I mean, they should be proud of this one, I think. This is one of the best. For sure. Also, one last thing. Uh, a list of new episode titles was quote-unquote leaked on Cartoon Network's website, so if that's something you're interested in, look that up, yo! But I, I can't call it a leak if it's on CartoonNetwork.com, and I let it be there for two days before I made a post about it, so if that had been put up accidentally, all they had to do was take it down, and I wouldn't have said anything. But they left it there, so I posted about it. So I guess we will all see you next week. I'm GC13. I'm Ken. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.